Chapter Forty Seven of Pipefuls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tom Merritt. Pipefuls by Christopher Morley. Chapter Forty Seven: A City Notebook. Philadelphia. It would be hard to find a more lovely spot in the flush of a summer sunset than Worcester Woods. Old residents of the neighborhood say that the trees are not what they were fifteen and twenty years ago. The chestnuts have died off. Even some of the tall tulip poplars are a little bald at the top, and one was recently felt by a gale. But still that quiet plateau stands in a serene hush, flooded with rich orange glow on a warm evening. The hollyhocks in the back gardens of Rubicam Street are scarlet and Swiss cheese-colored and black, and looking across the railroad ravine one sees crypts and aisles of green, as though in the heart of some cathedral of the great woods. Belfield Avenue, which bends through the valley in a curve of warm, thick yellow dust, will some day be boulevarded into a spick-and-span highway for motors. But now it lies little trafficked, and one might prefer to have it so, for in the stillness of the evening the birds are eloquent. The thrushes of Worcester Woods, which have been immortalized by T. A. Daly in perhaps the loveliest poem ever written in Philadelphia, flute and whistle their tantalizing note, while the song-sparrow echoes them with his confident, challenging call. Down behind the dusty sumac shrubbery lies the little blue-green cottage, said to have been used by Benjamin West as a studio. In a meadow beside the road, two cows were grazing in the blue shadow of overhanging woodland. Over the road leans a flat outcrop of stone, known locally as the Bum's Rock. An antique philosopher of those parts assured the wayfarer that it is named for a romantic vagabond who perished there by the explosion of a can of bohemian goulash, which he was heating over a small fire of sticks. But one doubts the tale. Our own conjecture is that it is named for Jacob Bohm, the old-time brewer of Germantown, who predicted in his chronicles that the world would come to an end in July 1919. From his point of view, he was not so far wrong. Above Bohm's Rock, in a grassy level among the trees, a merry little circle of young ladies was sitting round a picnic supper. The twilight grew darker, and fireflies began to twinkle. In the steep curve of the sender and bloodshot between Fishers and Worcester stations, a cheerful train rumbled with its engine running backward, just like a country local. Its bright shaft of light wavered among the tall tree trunks. One would not imagine that it was less than six miles to the city hall. A quarter to one a.m. and a hot, silent night. As one walks up Chestnut Street, a distant roaring is heard, which rapidly grows louder. The sound has a note of terrifying menace. Then, careering down the almost deserted highway, comes a huge water tank, throbbing like an airplane. 
a creamy sheet of water shot out at high pressure floods the street on each side dashing up on the pavements a knot of belated revelers in front of the adelphia hotel standing in mid-street to discuss ways and means of getting home skip nimbly to one side the ladies lifting up their dresses with shrill squeaks of alarm as the water splashes round them pedestrians plodding quietly up the street cower fearfully against the buildings while a fine mist envelops them after the tank comes more leisurely a squad of brooms the street is dripping every sewer opening clucks and gurgles with the falling water there is something unbelievably humorous in the way that roaring niagara of water dashes madly down the silent street there is a note of irony in it too for the depressed enthusiasts who have been sitting all evening in a restaurant over lemonade and ginger ale perhaps the chauffeur is a prohibitionist gone mad while eating half a dozen doughnuts in a broad street lunchroom at one o'clock in the morning we mused happily about our friends all tucked away in bed sound asleep there is one in particular on whom we thought with serene pleasure it was charming to think of that delightful argumentative contradictory volatile person his active mind stilled in the admirable reticence of slumber he so endlessly speculatory so full of imaginative enthusiasms and riotous intuitions and troubled zeals concerning humanity lost in a beneficent swoon of unconsciousness we could not just say why but we broke into chuckles to think of him lying there not denying any of our statements absolutely and positively saying nothing to have one's friends asleep now and then is very refreshing off walnut street below fifth and just east of the window where that perfectly lovely damsel sits operating an anti machine why is it by the way that the girls who run adding machines are always so marvelously fair is there some secret virtue in the process of adding that makes one lovely we feel sure that a subtracting engine would not have that subtle beautifying effect just below fifth street we started to say there runs a little alley called we believe the silver court it is a somber little channel between high walls and barred windows but it is a retreat we recommend highly to hay fever sufferers for in one of the buildings adjoining there seems to be a warehouse of some company that makes an aromatic disinfector wandering in there by chance we stood delighted at the sweet medicinal savor that was wafted on the air it had a most cheering effect upon our amunctory woes and we lingered so long in a meditative and healing ecstasy that young women immured in the basement of the aromatic warehouse began to peer upward from the barred windows of their basement and squeak with astonished and a nervous mirth we blew a loud salute and moved away we entered a lunchroom on broad street for our favorite breakfast of coffee and a pair of crawlers 
It was strangely early, and only a few of the flat armchairs were occupied. After dispatching the rations, we carefully filled our pipe. With us we had a copy of an agreeable book, The Calamities and Quarrels of Authors. It occurred to us that here, in the brisk serenity of the morning, would be a charming opportunity for a five-minute smoke and five pages of reading before attacking the ardors and endurances of the day. Lovingly we applied the match to the fuel. We began to read. Of all the sorrows in which the female character may participate, there are few more affecting than those of an authoress. End of chapter 47 Recording by Tom Merritt